Submission Coalition number 16 with Jody Schwartz. Joker Jiu-Jitsu. So we've known Jody for several years, and uh, everywhere we go related to Jiu-Jitsu, we run into Jody. Jody's an awesome chick. I think you guys will really enjoy her unique perspective, and I uh, hope you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like the last ones, there'll be lots of lag. <laughs> Yeah, we are. A lot of. Are you there? Our internet are you there? is a little sketchy, <laughs> so just bear with us. We'll come back, I promise. <laughs> so, how's uh, quarantining been? Oh, it's been uh, lots of fun. Yeah, I bet. She said sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the dogs are going to do when I go back to work, but uh, they've enjoyed having me home. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it's, this kind of sucked. Apparently, we're going to find out tomorrow how the opening is going to go of the state. Yeah. We'll see how that all goes. We're we're monitoring, obviously. We want to open back up if possible. Well, as far as we understand, yeah. stay-at-home order is supposed to end on the 30th, and the governor's rule or whatever on gyms is, uh, has a date on it, I think of the 8th. Yeah. But then, but then what they're talking about, though, is is putting stipulations on when you do open back up of still holding social distancing for a period of time, you know, things of that nature. So, which is kind of hard in what we do. It is. Yeah. And it like is. Say we do some striking classes. So we're already kind of looking at, Oh, well, we could probably run some striking classes from six feet apart. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we have a, <laughs> Drilling. we have a big enough floor as do a number of gyms, especially out there in the, uh, in that whole Tampa area. But we're hoping that that we'll be able to say, okay, well, if you have your own partner, somebody who already lives with you, that social distancing is not an issue or anything else, that as long as you stay six feet away from other groups, that maybe we can get some, some sessions of that nature yeah. and some workarounds. Yeah. We're hoping. Yeah, I've been lucky I have him, so we still get to roll a bit. Is that luck or skill? <laughs> 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 so um what gym are you with now um i am i train with Oliveira jiu-jitsu which is uh zach Oliveira, and i am also under tom de blast now so. shout out to tom i follow him on uh, instagram periodically i comment on this stuff <laughs> i think he likes me because i don't talk negative yeah but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you and four thousand other people. <laughs> you always get comments from him either they're all the, they either love him or hate him. There's no in between. Yeah. On his posts. Yeah. I know your jujitsu journey is a lot like ours. It's complicated. Yeah, for sure. That's the name of our book. Yeah, that's the name of our book. When we when we finally do our autobiography, it's just gonna say it's complicated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I think a lot of people can say that. First chapter is it's complicated. Second chapter, it's really complicated. <laughs> Third chapter is... Oh, wait, there's more. Wait, oh, my beer. <laughs> oh, my beer. It just got real complicated. <laughs> and then the kids. Yes. And then the next chapter is hold my beer again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell, uh, just kind of so for the listeners, go ahead and kind of give us kind of your jujitsu history at least. Or, or, I mean, you can go back farther than that. I know you were like, what, a competitive swimmer. What got you into jujitsu in the first place? It's... Even, even for, for just about everybody, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, most people didn't just wake up one day and go, you know what I want to do? I want to go get choked by somebody. <laughs> um, you know? I, well, I kind of did. Um, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, um, I, I grew up a swimmer. I swam in college. And then um, I went through about, I don't know, what, 15 years of trying to find that identity again of, mm. you know, I grew up a swimmer, right? You don't say you were a person who swam. Yeah. Right. You identify as a swimmer. Yeah, you're a swimmer. Um, That's where we started. So we actually met. We were and, both uh, and, and so, you know, I went through this. I played adult softball. I played women's soccer and um, drank a lot, smoked a lot, and kind of forced myself into a little, little rut of gaining a lot of weight. Um, and I decided to start swimming again and started losing weight. And then I was like, I want to do something else too. And uh, I looked at a gym and uh, it was a Taekwondo gym. 
and I went to the class just to watch and I was like wow that is really cool and the instructor came over to me and, and I said you know I'm here to try taekwondo you guys that looks so cool and he goes well that's jujitsu not taekwondo and I said oh I want to do that <laughs> so that's kind of much how it started and I went to a women's class on a Friday night and um, it's a miracle I made it back after that because I was very heavy um, we were uh, running laps around the gym and I fell twice and kind of ripped my toenail off and the instructor was like okay we better stop running before this girl kills herself <laughs> and started doing some other stuff but really I was hooked after the first night and um, I had a tough time at first because I was really big and a lot you know a lot bigger than all the other girls so a lot of my lessons I kind of stood off and trained with this just this one guy and then I got more comfortable and lost more weight. And then I was able to drill with some girls after that. So in the beginning, because you mentioned that you went to a Taekwondo school, you thought you were watching Taekwondo. Absolutely. So even stepping in, your knowledge of just martial arts in general was very non-existent. Zip. Zip, yeah, zero. So yes. So how did you even hear, or what, what made you even, even choose to even go to that school to even, to even go see what they did? Honestly, I saw a girl wearing a tap out shirt. And I, I even said to my partner, I said, that's hilarious because girls don't fight. And I said that, that just, I'm like, why would you wear a shirt that says tap out if you don't fight? And I kind of made fun of it. And then I was like, well, let me go check it out because I always like to wrestle with my brothers growing up. And so I figured I'd go to the thing that I heard of, you know, Karate, you hear from Karate Kid, and right. it's not really the same thing. And Taekwondo is abundance of schools in the, in the area. And uh, one big name in Taekwondo, if you mention it to anybody, they always said this name. So I said, okay, I'll go and check it out. Nice. So I know martial arts has, like, everybody's got kind of their own journey and their own kind of reasons why they stick with it. Um, you know, what are you finding are your benefits of training jujitsu? One, you have a different perspective because you're like me, you're, you're a heavier weight, not as much anymore, <laughs> but a heavier weight girl and we're older. We're not, we're not the young 20 year olds. So, you know, we're, we're in that late forties flirting with 50 time range. So, you know, um, I, you know, the, the, my first instructor, um, it was a husband and wife and the, uh, the wife said at one point, I'll never forget this. She's like, Oh, she tasted the juice and she loves it. I think once you get a, it is one of those things where you have to be comfortable with touching other people and being in that personal space. Um, so as soon as I tasted the juice and started actually grappling and stuff, I, I just loved it. I loved everything about it. The puzzle to solve every single time. Um, it's a mental and physical game, which is a lot like swimming, except it's, you know, swimming's very mental and physical. Um, it's just not hand to hand. Um, so I think a lot of that is what I was searching for. Um, and, you know, it's funny growing up, I used to play like in an over 30 soccer league and we, um, we lied about my age so I could play up in this over 30 league, um, and so I was always the youngest in all these, those leagues that I played with, or I was always, you could have two players under 30. So I was always one of those two. And then I started this and I was like, grandma. Um, <laughs> so it gave me a whole new perspective, a whole new challenge. And I think I, I like that challenge um, because I can't be the youngest anymore. So I might as well be the oldest and the, and the best. So. Right. There you go. Well, I know um, one of the things I admire about you is that you compete a lot. Um, and Honestly, you compete in some pretty high level absolutes. We competed against each other in one of those. Both of us got our ass kicked, but it was fun. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But that's kind of one of the things I do admire about you is that you're not afraid to jump in there, even with those young girls, and, and kind of mix it up. And, and I know you, you love competition. I've seen you at the competitions, going to Worlds every year and all of that. Um, kind of just talk about competition and 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 why you do it and maybe what it benefits for you. I definitely thrive on competition. I, that's just from growing up and, and swimming and um, it, it just kind of allows you to test yourself and where you are. 
Um, and honestly, there's not going to be a whole lot of people my age, my weight in this area or locally, um, even going to Worlds, you know, the most I've had is like 11 in a bracket. Um, and that was open. So in my weight, the most I've had is four. So you, you kind of, you have to search for the competition. Um, I think my days with the young girls um, might be up. Um, I, I still love competition, but it's getting to the point where I kind of have to step back and really pick and choose more now. Right. Um, but I do, I love competing. Um, I love putting myself out there. Um, win or lose, you, you learn something. Um, and it's just a way to test where you are. So when, when, when you competed in swimming, first of all, because both Melissa and I were competitive swimmers, she was much more competitive than I was. I, I was just there because <laughs> I thought she was pretty. And, <laughs> but so when, when you were swimming, so Juan, what, what events did you, did you compete in? Um, I was a tuner butterflyer. Okay. So I was a distance swimmer, distance butterflyer. I was yes. I, I was a distance guy um, by default. They tricked me. <laughs> they, they, they told everybody to jump in and I was the last one. So they said by default, um, you know, they, everybody was swimming and then they all just started to fall off by the wayside. And I was the last one still swimming laps. So they gave me the, 1500, the, five, the 1500, they gave me the yeah. long ones. And then it wasn't until my senior year that the coaches switched and they looked at me and said, you're a butterflyer. I was like, I've never done butterfly. And they said, but the way you were built, you are a butterfly. <laughs> right, and they were right. like, I did really well at butterfly. And then I'd crash in, but I did 200 IM and I'd kill on the butterfly and I would tank on the breaststroke. It was <laughs> right. horrible. So now with, with, with your competitive drive from swimming, everybody's a, a different kind of competitor. Like some people are the grr phase, I'm gonna stare at you, we can't be friends, that kind of stuff. Some people are happy-go-lucky. Do you find that your competitive drive and your competitive spirit from swimming matches the same for jujitsu? Yes. Um, I, I don't mind being friends with my competitors, but not right before we compete. Um, I know Melissa talks and dances and talks to everybody <laughs> right before she's competing, and I'm just like, you know, get the F away from me. Um, I am one of the annoying ones who won't shut up. <laughs> yes, you would annoy me. <laughs> but, but that's where it's interesting, though, because that is not who Melissa was when we swam. No. She was one of the super serious, I'm going to listen to my, my headphones, don't talk to me, um, you know, and then all of a sudden in jujitsu, <laughs> you know, she, she's like a completely different person. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think other than when I'm competing, I like talking to people and, and meeting people, um, as long as they come up to me first. But um, <laughs> no, I've never been the one to talk right before I compete. It's just, that's just the way I am. That's the way I get my mindset going. I know. Um, so where did the Nick, the, the, the Joker Jitsu come from? <laughs> I have been called the Joker since I was a, a wee little kid. Um, probably six or seven, just because of my smile. They said I looked like the Joker when I really smile. And so it just kind of stuck with me. Um, and then I, I, I like it. Um, I have it tattooed on me a couple times. So I just figured I'd roll with it. Yeah, it's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I know you, you do more than just the jujitsu. I know you're very active with Sophia uh, McDermott and her mm -hmm. lifestyle camps. Um, maybe talk a little bit about, I mean, there's a lot to talk about with those camps um, and Sophia in general and, and kind of your role as I know you're kind of her partner in crime with those, those events. So maybe go into a little bit of detail about the camps and all that. Um, it didn't start out that way. It started, she was doing a camp here in Sarasota and um, I wanted to go, but I, I didn't have the money to go. And I said, um, I said, could we switch the jujitsu portion of it if I go to the airport? Because the airport is like 60 miles away, um, Tampa Airport from Sarasota. I said, if I do some runs at the airport, can we trade out the jujitsu portion of it? And she said, absolutely. Um, that would be a good trade. So I went and picked up some people. Um, oh, actually, before that, about a week before the camp was supposed to start, she uh, messaged me and said, I'm in a quandary um, and my cook 
my chef for the week um, cannot come. And do you know how to cook? And I said, uh, well, I, I can read a recipe and I can follow directions. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm no chef, no training or anything. She said, good enough. Um, can you come for the week? And you'll be my helper in the kitchen. And um, we'll give you the whole week for free. Nice. said, sure. Um, and, and I learned a lot about cooking and cooking her food that first week. Uh oh, we froze. Um, oh, there we go. And <laughs> picked up some people at the airport. The what? Oh, we briefly froze, but we're back now. Oh, okay. So I went, um, did that camp and just um, had an amazing time with Sophia um, Tina West, who is also part of the Athlete Sports Bag, which is another portion that I do. And Jazz, um, Jasmine Bienvenue um, was the yoga instructor. And we kind of formed a really good team that Sophia invited me back to the next camps to help out. <clears throat> um, and I've done everything from um, the, the second camp, we actually had a cook there and I was the cleanup crew. So uh, I did all the cleaning, all the dishes and, and the shopping that Sophia needed. Just kind of, um, you know, when you're at camp and you're the face of camp and you're the face of Sophia McDermott, you, you don't want to have the, the negative part of the camps. Um, you you want to be the positive, like everybody's friends there. So I kind of took on the role of, okay, you know, let's get this going. This is what we have to do. This is the schedule we're on. Um, not that there's anything negative about the camps, but somebody needs to be the, okay, let's sustain order here so that Sophia doesn't have to have the, the negative face. Right. So I kind of took on that role and did all the cleaning so that all she really had to do was teach and do, do the camp. And then the role just kind of blossomed from there. And now I do whatever she needs before and after. Um, and she's actually become, you know, a very important person in, in my life, just uh, believing me in that first week that I went to her camp and um, all the other camps from there on just uh, giving me an opportunity that I probably wouldn't have had if I didn't reach out and say, hey, can I go to the airport? And then trusting me and believing me after that it's just been amazing working for her. She's an amazing individual. For people that don't know her, she is the first female black belt out of Australia. Um, she's also a Miss Fitness World Champion, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and now she has her own company, SophiaFit.com. And she's just amazing. Yeah, we're interviewing her actually this week as well. Nice. Right. Yeah. Now, now, but one of the things though, she has an identical twin. Yes, she does. So that lives do in Australia. Know? So how do we know we're talking with Sophia <laughs> and not her twin? Actually, they, you can tell the difference because I've can seen you? pictures of them both. Uh huh. Yes, you can. And um, uh, the twin is actually in Australia. So the time difference, you'd be able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so um, why don't you tell the listeners in case they've never been to one of her lifestyle camps, because it's not just a jujitsu camp. No, that's why it's called a lifestyle camp. So it is, it's a week, well, probably five or six days, depending upon what camp. And then there's some mini camps that are just weekends. But it's, uh, you get up in the morning, you have a nice little fruit breakfast, uh, just some snacks. Uh, most of the time we do yoga on the beach or yoga outside. Um, then you come back, we have breakfast. Um, and then at 10-ish, 10.30, we do uh, a full BJJ session. Um, most of it is geek because that's what she's known for. Um, and then we come back and have lunch. And then you kind of have the afternoon to do whatever you want. Go to the beach, go sightseeing, go shopping, whatever you want. And then we have either a session and then dinner or dinner and then a session. And the sessions are, um, there's one about nutrition, one about mental um, uh, like there's some vision, mental imagery. Um, there's another one where we introduce the sounds from the athlete sports bag. Um, and then there's also one of body sculpting. Um, so it's a, it's a whole kind of lifestyle thing. Um, and then the night, of course, you have chance to just do whatever. Um, most of the sessions end by 8 o'clock. Um, and you stay in, like when you pay for it, it's everything's included, all the food and, and housing. Um, the only thing you pay for extra is play ticket if you want to fly in and if you want to rent a car, which you don't have to. Um, there are plenty of people that come in with cars, um, but if you want to, 
you can. So everything's all inclusive um, and it's just a wonderful week. I haven't met anybody that has gone and is like, I'm never going back. Um, we have had people come back for two, three times now because it, it's really life-changing. I can't, it's like, you know, if you're, it's, it's like that kumbaya with all female bonding. Um, it just, it really does. It really changes how you see things um, and how you think about yourself and um, nutrition, everything. And then the jujitsu is a bonus. Usually there's two or three or four. I mean, I think we had six black belts on the mat at one point. Um, and every single one of the black belts that come is always like, yeah, I'll roll with you. Yeah, I'll roll with you. Yeah, I'll roll with you. So whether you're white, blue, purple, or brown, it, you just get so much out of coming to the camps. Yeah, and I met some really cool people there. So the athlete sports bag. I know I didn't really get to talk to you that much. And I, I kind of overheard you talking to some of the girls uh, last time uh, about kind of the sound, the sound therapy and stuff like that. Maybe talk a little bit about well, that. I, I, I haven't done any of it, so yeah. So please get rid um, of my friend. <laughs> I haven't even. I, I I I made Melissa go to the first camp, and she's barely. I mean, she's told me some stuff. So I'm 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 like I am our listeners right now. <laughs> I don't know anything. It's so, a secret. <laughs> it is. Um, the athlete sports bag. It was started by a woman named Sheila Kennedy, and Tina West. Um, both of them are live in Australia. Sheila Kennedy um, is just an amazing woman. You have to look her up. Um, she studied with Tibetan monks. She studied with, with medicine men, shaman, um, and really kind of studied the, you know, the, they do the cups, the vibrational cups, sound, you know, which ones I'm talking about, Tibetan monks do, and they do bells. Um, but you know the one where you rub, rub the edges? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it makes sounds and then bells and vibrations. And they found Tibetan monks and, you know, shaman from way back found that certain frequencies and certain sounds help heal body, heal your body. Because after all, your body is just a, a bunch of like electric waves going through your body. Um, whether you, you want to choose to believe that, but really it, it's impulses, you know, your, your, your uh, emotions and motivations are triggered by impulses, um, which may or may not be an electric wave, but that's what a lot of people believe. believe. And they found that certain frequencies and bells and sounds um, hone in on, on different body parts and emotions and muscles and, and anything you can think of. Um, so Sheila went back and studied more and came up with a plethora of bells and sounds, vibrations for pretty much everything. Um, in fact, Sophia, when she was doing her fitness, her Miss Fitness thing, um, you know, most people are like, oh, I lifted 15 times a day and only ate meat and never had dairy. And Sophia said, I listened to these sounds and did my normal routines and I still won. So um, it tells you how her body sculpting came about. Um, for me, I listen to sounds. There's for depression, there's for anxiety, um, there's for before workout, after workout. Um, there's, you know, stop drinking, stop smoking. Uh, if you have a cold, helping you you know, feel better. Um, for me, it helps a lot. Um, I, I know a lot of people that have had adrenaline dumps at tournaments. You know, they just, they get there and they go to their first match, they're fine. Their second match, they can't even, you know, lift their arms up because the adrenaline just, um, and, and I know a couple people that have found the sounds for competition pre and post have said they don't get the adrenaline dumps anymore. Um, and, you know, one of them is, is someone that very heavy in Florida, Sherry Arnold. Um, you know, Sherry? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She, uh, she started using the sounds that I, you know, I gave to her and said, uh, she had horrible adrenaline dumps and, uh, she used it before worlds last year and had the best tournament she's ever had. Yeah. She like, um, we, we coached her through one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, I, have, I have to believe that there's, that there is that foundational truth just considering, I mean, people already do it. When when they're going to work out, they have that song, they have that piece of music that they like. That one either pumps them up, or this song makes me happy, or this song really makes me sad. This song yep. makes me calm. So just by that nature alone, I mean, you have to believe that there that there's a foundation 
that 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 through that sound that you're tapping into, you know, that is producing what you want. Absolutely, and the, and you can. I mean, if you're one of those magic people that can put all the sounds to your music because it is already put to music there's different sounds and it's put to music you don't just hear ding 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 right you know or vibration there is music to it but if you're one of those masterminds that can put it to like into a song that you do if you're like one of those computer things i think you know you'll have a you'll have a better um you know listening it'll help you a little more but for me you know like, cause um, I, I used to, I, I, I hate running, but I, I do it periodically for competition and the like. And I used to be one of those that, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get up for my workout. And then, you know, I'd throw in some speed metal or whatever and then go for a run and I'd come back and I'd just be, you know, completely wasted. And then started listening to more calming music during my run and my times were getting better. My fatigue levels weren't as bad. And a lot of it just simply had to do with managing my emotions and managing my energy. You know, that when I was listening to the one music, it was hyping me up too much. Right. So I was trying to match the music's energy and it was causing me to go to a pace I wasn't ready for yet. Right. It, well, it is, it's, you know, I can't say that it doesn't work. Um, because since listening to them, I've found a big difference in myself. I know people that have listened to them, they've all said positive things. Um, and nobody can say it doesn't work because there's no, there's really, you can't really do a test case on the same person, you know, because once they've listened to the sounds, you can't recreate the exact same environment to do a study. But, um, you know, everybody I know that, that has used the sounds have said they've been amazing. Um, it's actually, it's the athlete sports bag and it's also the best workout for you.com, um, is where you can find it. Or, um, if you do the athlete sports bag is all one word, no apostrophe on athletes. Um, it'll come up as well. If you do a Google search on that. Yeah. And I know you started, um, kind of a movement recently, or I know you were kind of playing with it a little bit, a little bit, you know, there's, there's too much, um, I think there's too much sexual harassment. I think there's too much um, making people not feel good in a lot of uh, gyms. Um, and I think everybody has a right to feel safe um, any gym they go to. Um, so it's more of a, just kind of a, I, I named it Rise Up because we want people to, to be lifted up when we go. I think a lot of the women's groups like You're Pretty Dangerous or Girls and Geese really do a good job of helping women raise each other up. But um, when we go back to our small gyms or um, people that don't have that, there's not always a safe feeling. And, and you hear over and over again about a female left the gym because they felt uncomfortable. So I think um, we definitely need something where we need to get together. Um, like Claudia Deval just coming out and saying, you know, she was, she was harassed or assaulted. You know, that's a high level black belt. Right. You, you, sh- you shouldn't hear that. You know, there's been at least five cases in Florida that I know of. Oh yeah. Um, and, and, you know, these young girls have to be safe, you know, you know, it just, it saddens saddens me to think that some people don't feel safe in an environment where they're really putting everything on the line. Right. Well, I mean, especially when, when you, when you come to a gym, I mean, I hate to say it, but, but there's, there's a, a lot of places that just like many relationships, when you first start, everybody's putting on airs and they're putting forward you know, the best face possible. And then as you get deeper into that relationship, um, you know, but you're already very acclimated, things of that nature. And, but in that relationship though, the longer you're there, the more, I mean, people refer to their gym as their family things of that nature. Because I mean, there's a lot of times when, you know, our training partners and the like, I have no exaggeration, put life and limb more in their hands than any other human being, you know, that's ever existed. And so you you kind of feel that bond and a kinship and you believe that there is, and right now I hate to say it, but um, if you, if you look at different online jujitsu media sites, 
the term loyalty now has a bad connotation to it. But the longer you're there, the more you believe that there is a bond, a loyalty, a trust that has been established. And it, it is saddening when you hear about people breaking that trust oh, yeah. and breaking it in a severe way. I mean, we're not talking like they, they did something that, you know, I lent them five bucks and they never paid me back. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a break of trust that can never be reestablished. It's that severe. Uh, in, in the environment that they believed to be the most trusting, the, the most safe, you know, and the most loyal. I think, one, I think loyalty needs to come back as a term that actually has a good meaning to it and not the bad connotation, you know, well, that people it, are putting to it. But And loyalty is a two-way. Absolutely. It has two to be way. a two-way. Um, it has to be a two-way. It's not just student to instructor. It's because person. Because, again, I hate, if, if you're at, I mean, in, in most places, the average blue belt is, is easily two, two and a half, three years, you know, to get even to that level. And if you've been with a group of people for that long and have put that much of an investment, both as student and instructor, in two, two and a half years, I want to believe that we have built that kind of a foundation of trust, that kind of a friendship, that kind of a kinship that both of us as an instructor and as a student should feel very safe, very welcome within that environment. And it's, it, it, it does hurt when you see those things happening. Uh, watching the, the video of uh, Claudia Duvall was, I mean, you know, and, and I mean, I know that happened a while ago, but the emotions are still fresh. They're still as, you know, for her when she's in the interview, I mean, you can tell it, it's still something that haunts her. Yeah. You know? and, 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 you know, it, it's true. It, it, and I mean, you guys know, I've been kicked out of two gyms, but I never felt unsafe. Right. Um, so I, I definitely think loyalty has to be a positive word. If you're loyal to somebody, it's, I mean, we say that about our dogs. They're so loyal. Um, and, and it's such a positive thing. It shouldn't be a negative connotation. Right. Um, and, you know, going back to the Brazil times, what is it? Criant or Criante is a, am I saying that right? Um, I heard you know talking about where someone that leaves. Uh, yeah. It's not, and you know, that I think we have to, establish the difference between what that leaving the gym and right. that's, a, that, that's a different thing than than just loyalty towards your instructor or um towards your your family i mean because because like for myself i i go with the term so like i am loyal to my friends i am extremely loyal to my wife to my family and to me what that means is I'm not actively going to make any decisions, one, that's going to screw them over or hurt them in any way, shape, or form if I can help it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to agree with them on everything that they do. And part of that loyalty to me says that when the opportunity happens and we don't have an agreement, that part of that trust that loyalty and the like means that we can be open and honest with each other without fear of reprisal, things of that nature, because that's the relationship that we've built with each other, that we can, we can be exposed emotionally and, and vent our true beliefs to each other without somebody then taking that and eventually using it against us, holding it as power or leverage over us to control us. Because that, that, that is a bad relationship, period. That, that's where feeling unsafe really comes into play. Because it, it's not just sexual harassment where people um, feel unsafe. It, it's all kinds of things. Um, it is all of your, you know, you're so vulnerable um, when you're out there and, and putting yourself out there on the mats, you know, for other people to have your arm or to choke you or to, you know, have something where they can manipulate your, your foot and break something you're putting a lot of trust in another person um, where you have to either um, accept the trust 
um, or you're never really going to advance your jujitsu. You know, so you have to you have to put yourself on the line, and a lot of that is you have to be loyal um, and trust that your partners and your your coach are going to allow you to be safe in that environment. And the safety is not just on the mats; then it's got to carry over to everything. Right. Um, because you can't just say, oh, well, they didn't break my arm and then go out on the, you know, out in the streets and say, yeah, but I, I feel like they're, they're trying to get a date with me or, you know, I feel like they're doing things to make me feel unsafe. You, it has to be all the way. Correct. Yeah. Agreed. Well, and that's, and that's the foundation of a good relationship. Relationship being friends, training partners and the like. Like I said, I, I, I'd really hate to believe that somebody is training for a prolonged period of time and during that time period, when the red flags start to go off, you know, it's, it's one of those where, I mean, I understand when, when people train at the gym and they've been there for like two or three years, and then you know, maybe there's a person that, that for that time period, they're, they're now bent, you know, they're really big on competition. And so they're ramping it up and you're like, man, that person's just been rolling hard with me lately. You know, I don't want to roll with them, you know, and that's okay. That's as a relationship type thing. Again, we don't always have to agree with each other, <laughs> but we can still be safe, honest, and trusting of each other in that environment. And I think that's one of those really important things within there. Now, everybody talks about blind trust and wholeheartedly. I think too many people put too many connotations onto their upper ranked individuals, put them, on pedestals. put them on pedestals and things of that nature. I mean, they're really good at jujitsu, but it doesn't mean they're really good at life, you know, but, but there's times where, because they're in that position, you know, people use them as life coaches, people use them and granted, some people are really good at that. They have great advice, you know, and some people, you know, unfortunately, when you look at their own personal life, it's not that fantastic. You know, the, the gym, for them is exactly what it is for most people. It's their place to get away from <laughs> even the rest of their stuff. Um, Do you think though, as a, as a gym owner or instructor, or especially as a black belt that you need to have those life skills to run a gym well, or at like, least have somebody that does? Well, like here, here's one of my, I, I've said this quite often. Um, so self-defense, I, it really bugs me when you look at a self-defense program that somebody's trying to sell and here's one of their major sales pitches trust me my system works i've been in over 300 street fights <laughs> that's a lot of fights i'm like so right off the bat i'm going one what got you into 300 fights teach me to do the opposite how many bad choices how many you bad make? choices did you make <laughs> They put you into 300 street fights. Your fighting abilities are probably pretty good, but I question if it's technically self-defense or if it's offense. Yeah. How many of those fights could you have de-escalated? Or just walked away from. Or walked away from, <laughs> right. Or were you just looking for an opportunity? I mean, even Gracie's first line of, of defense is to run away if you can. I mean, even they say that, don't get in a fight. But yeah, I, I think that when you're looking for an instructor, you need to be looking for somebody who could be potentially a mentor as well. Now, but are you, you going to, I know, you're not going to know that. You, you walk into a yeah. school. Okay, so let's take, let's take, I don't even say the average school. Let's just take a school. So you walk into a school, you get to do a class. And then here, sign up for a year of membership. And you have, you have one class where they're putting on all the best images they're putting on all the best fronts to get you to sign up so but at that point when you're first signing up like as a brand new person i don't think you're looking for the life coaches correct no um unless you're a female that's you know uh, and let's let's really get to it i would say maybe 30 to 40 percent of females sign up for jujitsu because something has happened yeah in yeah. the past yeah 100 so if you are looking for that then I don't think you're going to sign up on the first day. I think you're, I think if you're in that situation, you're going to go to more than one gym. Um, or I would hope that you do to see right. where you feel most comfortable. Um, second, but if you're going there, like I wasn't going there looking for a family. 
when I first signed up, I was going there to look to lose weight and to try something new. And then as the relationship grew, as my time there um, grew on, is when the relationship developed. Right. See, I think when a prospective member of a gym goes in, I think one of the best things that they could do when they go in there is to have the opportunity to have candid conversations with other members. High rank, low rank, doesn't matter. Um, preferably a mix. Um, something that's away from the instructors, away from, my, my instructor right now, um, the Eric Shingu, and, and to be honest with you, the entire Shingu family, I went to their gym to buy a gi so I could go train at my old gym. And we went in and when it was uh, Sensei Dennis was at the counter and he's the one that went to the back to go grab a gi from storage. And it was me talking with all the other students that were waiting around for the next class to start that I went, I sat down in the car and I told Melissa, I'm like, I need to train here. I'm like, well, what, what system do I do? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just know I have the train here. But the way the <laughs> other students spoke, the way they talked about the instructors. And again, it was a mix. It was, it was people who were in their first week. It was people that have been there for five years. You know, so the new people, the existing people, everybody spoke so well, but not of the style. But what, what were you, um, what rank were you when you went there to buy the gi? Um, I was a black belt in Taekwondo, getting ready, but they were not a Taekwondo school. They were an Okinawan Goju school. So, but, but when I talked to the people in the lobby, we never talked about style. We talked only about the environment, or I should say that's what they talked to me about. So when, that's when, when I was sitting in the car and I told us, I'm like, I need to train here. And she goes, well, what do they teach? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I seriously don't know. I'm like, but just the way they spoke about the family, the way they spoke about the instructors, the way they spoke about the culture within the, within the training academy, I'm like, that spoke everything to me. Right. And Dennis, Sensei Dennis, never talked to me about classes, never talked to me about, hey, maybe you should train here or anything else. It was purely just other students, you know, that, that I talked to. That was it. But, but again, let me ask what rank you were, like when you went in to buy the gi. He was a black belt. Yeah, I was a black belt. belt type okay. Of because I think you knew more of what questions to ask then. Because as a brand new person going in, I didn't know, I didn't know anything to ask. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to look for in a, in a coach or, or an environment because I didn't know anything about it. All so it didn't matter how much. Is that the? People, I, I think that comes with, with, uh, you know, you know, with age comes wisdom, but with training more comes that wisdom too. So now. That's the part though, is that like I said, is stylistically I knew absolutely nothing. I was so digging the vibe. I was so moved by just the way the speak people spoke, you know. And but I think you had to know that you wanted something like that, like a brand new person going into a gym. Like, I don't mean to disagree, but you have to look at it as a brand new person going into a gym. They don't know if they want somebody to dictate and go tradition, tradition, tradition. We're going to line up before every class. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I didn't know that either. But because they never you know, spoke about that. Right, but I'm saying you, you you had experience, so you had something to compare it to. Well, because when, when a person walks in the door, so they, they already have it in their mind. They're looking. They're, they're mm -hmm. looking for a place to train or something of that nature. And I felt so comfortable immediately. And you hear that about different gyms even now. When you, when you go in and you're that stranger walking in on the street, they don't know you or anything else. There's some gyms when you walk in, you're like, mm, I'm not sure. And then there's others when you walk in, you're like, wow, the people here are just amazing. When you walk in, the feel, the vibe, everything else. Now, granted, I mean, some of it could be fake. It, it, it could be, like I said, in, in those first beginnings, people put on, you know, like any relationship, you know, you're, you're dressing nice, you know, for your, for your partner or whatever. And then, 
Yeah, the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase. <laughs> the first yeah. couple months of the honeymoon. <laughs> then the real, then the real work happens. <laughs> <laughs> but what was your your in your in the gym you were training at before? What was the environment there? I was the instructor. <laughs> <laughs> it was one that he'd been with since he was a kid. Right. So yeah, and I was so. I was teaching there. But so, yeah. you, like again, I'm saying you had something to compare it to. Well, yeah, absolutely. But like, but I loved but, where like, I came from as well. Yeah. What, but, they, but, they, but that's the thing is that the moment they step in, they're looking to become part of something. They they have like they're looking for some place that's either going to help them lose weight, and they're believing that the place they're walking into may be that answer. But they're they're already in a position where they're willing to look, they're already there, they're willing to give. That's the reason why they, they walked in in the first place. Um, which is one of the major reasons why most, most gyms make a big push. As soon as people call up on the phone, they wanna get them in the door. They, they want to get them physically to walk into the building because it's a different commitment level. It's a person who's willing to walk into the building is a completely different perspective student than a person who's only making a phone call. I mean, they're, they're completely on different, different levels. Um, you know, because again, it's one of those things. Culture is very difficult to show them over the phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like buying a car. You know, you want to get them on the lot, too. But right. <laughs> not everybody has that used car speech. <laughs> <laughs> Test drive it. Yeah, you, want, right. you want them to feel better. You want them to... <laughs> But maybe, maybe circling back to the um, sexual assault, you know, women needing to be safe. I think it, it's a tough one because I think people perceive or want to perceive that because you have that black belt, that your morality is as, at a specific level. And yeah, that's, I agree. That's not the case, unfortunately. I, I would love for it to be. I, I would love for it to be. But realistically, people are people, whether they have a black belt or not. Black belt only indicates their skill and time on the mat. That's it. It doesn't say that they're a good person. Right. And I, I unfortunately think that a lot of students come in with the misconception that that's the case. Oh, oh yeah. Black belt. There's no way he's a bad person. So they put maybe a level of trust to that person that they haven't earned. If that makes sense. That does make sense. And, and, you know, even to this day, you know, going back, bringing that all in with loyalty and everything, the first gym I was kicked out of, um, you know, it, it's uh, now it's Manatee Jiu-Jitsu and it's Clayton Lyon and Lisa Lyon. I still don't have anything bad to say about about them. Um, you know, I wish things were different, but Clay is an awesome instructor. He's an awesome guy. Um, and, and I still um, cannot be disloyal to them. Um, you know, what happened was, was, you know, my fault and, and somebody else's fault, but, um, the vibe that they put out was amazing. My second gym, you know, I'm not going to name it, but it's not the same vibe. It's, it's like they had a, where they were trying to train killers. And I think some of the other people fell by the wayside. Um, and if you didn't adhere to their way of thinking, um, or if you were different, you know, uh, as a female that struggles with depression and anxiety, um, I was treated, I think, differently. Right. And I think that goes back to the fairness and all. Um, everybody comes in with some kind of baggage. Um, I, I think guys hide their baggage better than females do, but that you have to be able to feel safe that way too. It's not just about sexual harassment. Yeah. Um, it's about feeling safe no matter who you are or your beliefs. Um, that you're going to feel safe at your gym and nobody's going to use it against you. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I know that we've talked about it before. Not every gym is right for every person and not every person is right for every gym. It has to be a good fit because there's so many different, even though we're all doing jujitsu, there's so many different cultures within that like different gyms have different cultures and you have to find the right fit those that are successful and 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 can 
you know, go from white to black with the same person, they found the right culture for them right off the bat. Yeah. We got very lucky that we found the right culture right off the bat. Like Dave said, you know, we went into buy ghee and that's how this whole thing started. That's how jujitsu for us started really. Right. Yeah. Cause we, we weren't looking at that point. Anyway, we were training with them in Okinawa and Goju and then my instructor came up to me and goes, Hey, have you heard of this thing called Gracie Jiu Jitsu? And then that was it. Then we started on that, that path as well. I mean, we, we already knew about it. I, I mean, I was, I was looking for it, but I mean, it was so far away. Yeah. But, but that's where I, I've always used the analogy when I'm talking to people. Like, like we have a sign that's right over here at the entrance of our, of our floor that says, although we believe that martial arts are for everyone, our school is not. Um, because ultimately speaking, <laughs> and it's true. Well, it, it's true, and I don't mean that as a disrespect to anybody. No. But my goal is not to cater to everybody. To everybody. I will fail if I do that. There, there is a a middle ground that we like. Yeah. Little right. bit on the intense side, but also a little bit on the other side. We'd like to be kind of like in that little middle ground, and we know that there's other schools that are all that hardcore, kill, kill, kill. And there's a group for that. And then we know there's the other side that has different groups that are just, you know, we're just, <laughs> we're just playing. We're just going light. We're That's just playing. not quite our, us either. <laughs> and, but like I said, though, as my analogy, you know, just because you like Mexican food, you don't like every Mexican restaurant in town. Right. Some you love the food, but not the service. Some you love the service, but the food's okay. But then there's that, Whatever, whatever your flavor is, there's that place that you like above all others. That Goldilocks complex. Right. You got to find the one that's just right. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, and doing that, I have to give a shout out to, to my instructor now, Zach Oliveira. Um, he's probably one of the best, most technical black belts that nobody's ever heard of. Um, he, you know, is a little guy, um, so he has to be more technical. But his gym is just that. What I found in in family. Um, you know, my training partners now are, are mostly teenage boys. Um, so I usually start out with them and I say, okay, in six months, you're going to be kicking my ass because that's, <laughs> that's how long it takes them to grow into like how they can use their strength but and learn the moves. Six months, you can say, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's pretty much what I tell them, you know, and it is, I, you know, I, this, this, uh, there's two kids in there. Um, one of them, when I started, he, he was a tall kid. He was a big kid. And you know, I went away for a week and I came back and I swear he grew like six inches. And, and I just looked at him like, Coop, man, you're, you're like six feet tall now. And he's, he's 13, you know, and, and again, as soon as he grows into his body, his jujitsu is going to be amazing. Um, but the leap he made in that week, it takes me a year to make that same leap just because of his, you know, how resilient and, and, you know, uh, fast learners these teens are. There's, there's a, another kid, Julian, who, Again, he went from being like this, not chubby, but, you know, a, a little chunky kid, but not, you know, I don't want to give it away that he was a fat kid or anything. But all of a sudden, I went to Worlds for a week. I came back, and he was like, he had grown into his body. He was showing muscles. He, he was, it, it was just an amazing transformation. And whereas I could submit them in like 30 seconds, you know, is now becoming where I have to work really hard to get it. And so <laughs> it is. I thank them, every single one of them. So there's, there's a mix of these teenage boys and then a couple of these 20 year olds and stuff. And then the rest are like over 30 men and over 40 men. And then there's like three teenage girls and those are my training partners. So it really is like a family um, that you have to either like that environment um, and, and you have to be looking for that. If you're, you know, if you're a 22 year old guy that wants to be an MMA fighter, that's not gonna be your, the place for you. I can't say you couldn't learn there, but it, it's not gonna be the place for you. So yeah, definitely um, a lot of loyalty there. Um, you know, I knew Zach when I first started, he was a blue belt and he's just grown into this black belt, but it's just amazing. I'm really happy that you found your home finally. Yeah. That was, that was it's hard. It's hard bouncing, you know, from- it, Cause yeah, I was definitely at the point of just quitting, just giving yeah. up completely. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a lot of self growth that I had to do. Yeah. Um, to get to that journey. 
Um, but I also had to have that gym that welcomed me with open, open arms. Yeah. Right. And, and say, it's okay, you know, come, come. And then, then that's exactly what Zach has done. Um, and, and then in that respect, I have to give a shout out to Tom, you know, up in New Jersey too, because every time I go up there and, and I do go up there a lot to visit my dad that he, you know, he's three, I was lucky that he was three miles from my dad. Um, and when I first met him, he wasn't this big Tom DeBlas guy that you see on the internet, he, you know, um, it, it was really blown up in the last five years. But when I first met him that day in the gym, I met Gary Tonin too. And they were just all there working out and they were just really were open arms. Um, I told him, you know, I'm an older woman. He's like, just come train. Don't worry about it. And I did. And he was just uh, really was every single one of the instructors um, really kind of open, opened their arms and their gym and, and welcomed me there too. And, um, you know, I've met two of my, what I call my Jersey ride or die um, up there that um, Jen Russell black belt. And then there's uh, Joan Zalewski, who's a brown belt out of Gary's Gym, Brunswick Jiu-Jitsu. And really, I, I go to every tournament with them now and hang out with them. So it's just, it's really uh, been an amazing journey from being down and out to where I was going to quit to where I am now. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to, you got to find the right, the right fit. Yeah. The right, the right fit for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, and with that group, it, it's it's fun looking at their, uh, I only follow him predominantly on Instagram, but looking at the comments that they make back and forth to each other, you can tell they take their jujitsu very seriously, but the rest of the stuff, they're more <laughs> than willing to just be funny and and not take that, the rest of it too seriously. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely tell. I mean, they, they I mean, you, you don't reach the levels that they've reached by, by not training the way they train. I mean, I'm, you know, they, they train hard and everything else. But at the same time, I mean, they go hard on each other on Instagram as well. I mean, <laughs> right, yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes, you know, bringing that in, bringing Gordon into the, to the to mix there because he says a lot of things. Uh, Gordon Ryan and and you know I, I the first time I met him he he wasn't King Gordon yet he was he was still just coming up um, but you know sometimes he says things and people get so angry with him and he really is just saying it to get that rise out of people yeah and it, it's funny because he, I can see him just sitting back there with popcorn like you know, those guys just sitting back there with popcorn and laughing and then like messaging each other on the side keep but this guy says watch what I say now and right. I'll just go back and forth and it, it's really kind of amusing as long as you realize that, you know, they're really not bad people in real life. Well, we really appreciate you coming on, Jody. It was awesome. Thank you. Good conversation. So to finish out with anything you want to plug before we, uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I think I plugged everything, you know, again, <laughs> shout out to, with, with shout Rise, out to Zach. So with, with Rise Up, if anybody's interested in supporting Rise Up or anything else, do you have, any like uh, Instagram or, or Facebook? I, you know, I haven't really gotten it that far yet. I, I, I definitely, if somebody's interested in, in, in really starting this with me and, and moving it on to the next level, um, it, sure, message me. Um, I think it's something we all need to really be aware of. Um, and, and I'm trying to get it on to the next level and, and go from there. Um, if they're searching for you online, how can they find you? It's um, still on Facebook under uh, Jody Schwartz or, or it's uh, Facebook slash Joker JLS 13 um, Instagram and anything else. I'm JL Schwartz 13. Um, I also have a website. It's Joker Jitsu 13.com. Um, and then um, I'm also on Teespring with a bunch of t-shirts under Joker JLS or I'm sorry, Joker Jitsu. Um, so there's a lot of stuff on there. There's a lot of good things. So it's, it's, I, they're hearing a lot of Joker 13. Yeah. Where's the 13 coming from? Lucky number. Okay. Okay. Mine too. Yay. <laughs> nice bump. I was born on Friday the 13th. <laughs> I wasn't. I was. I was not, but it's always been my lucky number. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Melissa has 13 letters to her name. I do. I've done a whole numerology on Melissa number 13. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> well, I think if you if you use my Jody L words, then it's thirteen. But. There, you, there you go. <laughs> now, actually, you do that because you you 
the one post I put out there on one of your one of your birthdays. Oh, okay. Yeah, my I had a uh, a <laughs> grandfather that was uh, born and passed away on his birthday, Friday, October thirteenth. Oh wow, that's kind of scary. <laughs> oh, the other thing is, look up Sheila Kennedy. She's an amazing woman um, out of Australia, and the athlete sports bag, and Sophia McDermott. Um, absolutely, uh, Sheila and Sophia changed my life. Nice. Um, we'll be talking to Sophia later this Friday, week. Friday, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. Um, hopefully, she'll plug me as much as I plugged her, but <laughs> nudge, nudge. Um, but yeah, she's absolutely amazing. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jody. Take care. Um, hopefully, we'll see each other on the mats when this is all over. Oh, for sure. For sure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. We are not recording anymore. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lowson. And your other host, Melissa Lowson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just so. PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.